for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri Basin Conference call. Due to basin conditions, this is an ad hoc call to provide an update of current runoff conditions. Our next call is scheduled for Thursday, October 10th at 3 p.m. Central Time. This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, as well as the media. I'm Eileen Williamson, and I will be your moderator. This call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dvibshub.net slash unit slash USACE-NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. The forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function and do not place the call on hold. We will have a question and answer session at the end of the call. The agenda for today's call is as follows. The National Weather Service will provide an update of river stages, forecasts, and weather forecasts. The Missouri River Water Management Division will provide an update of inflows, reservoir storage, and release plans. The Kansas City District Water Management Office will provide an update of lower basin reservoirs and planned releases. Kansas City District Emergency Managers will provide an update on levees in their area of responsibility, and the Omaha District will provide an update on levees in their area of responsibility. With that, I will turn it over to Kevin Lau. Thank you, Eileen. Uh, again, my name is Kevin Lau, and I'm with the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. Uh, located here in Kansas City. I uh, would like to thank the Corps for inviting the National Weather Service to participate in these series of calls. As many of you um, undoubtedly are aware, we've had a very active uh, hydrologic start to the month of September. There has been rain somewhere in the Missouri River Basin each and every day so far in September. There are broad areas of eastern Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and northern Nebraska that have received an excess of 400% of the normal precipitation typically received in the first two weeks of September. Accumulated rainfall estimates over the past 16 days exceeds five inches over broad areas, again, of northwest Montana, western North Dakota, eastern South Dakota, and north central Nebraska. We've had multiple recording stations which measured in excess of nine inches over the 72-hour period uh, from September 10th through the 12th in portions of South Dakota. This incredible amount of rainfall that we've received since the first of the month has resulted in major to record flooding along the James, Vermilion, and Big Sioux Rivers. Provisional stage records have been set at five South Dakota locations within the James, Vermilion, and Big Sioux basins. Currently, we have ongoing flooding. Uh, I'll go by state. In South Dakota, uh, we have ongoing flooding along the James River, excuse me, James River, uh, where the lower reach remains uh, above major, along the Vermilion, which also remains in major flood, and in the uh, along the Big Sioux River, which remains in major from uh, Brookings, South Dakota, to the state line. And then in Iowa, the Big Sioux uh, is also in major downstream to Akron. The Kansas, uh, or in the state of Kansas, the Big Blue River remains in flood above Tuttle Creek Reservoir, and along the Missouri River itself, we have minor flooding in the Blair, Nebraska Reach, then again in the reach between Nebraska City to St. Joe, Missouri, and then again from Napoleon, Missouri to Miami, Missouri. Looking at the weather over the next seven days, precipitation will re-enter the picture uh, sometime Thursday and will continue through the weekend. And during this time frame, the heaviest rain is forecast to fall in eastern Montana into uh, the Dakotas with amounts uh, in the one and a half to two and a half inch range as maximums. Also, um, the southern, uh, the, the portion of the basin in southern Missouri is also expected to receive upwards of two inches over this same period. And pending any questions at the conclusion of the call, that concludes my National Weather Service comments. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin, and I'll turn it over to John Remus from Missouri River Basin Water Management. Thank you, Eileen, and good morning. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. 
Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System. Life safety remains our priority, and the flood control purpose is driving our decisions and has been the driver for the last 18-plus months. It is important to understand that floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions, including ice-induced flood during the winter and spring breakup periods and flooding due to spring and summer thunderstorms, particularly along the lower Missouri River, which cannot be mitigated by the operation of the main stem system. Before I ask members of my staff to provide specifics with respect to the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System operations, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system is, can significantly impact the timing and amount of releases. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. 2019 continues to be a very wet year throughout the basin, as Mr. Lau just said. Through the first two weeks of September, very heavy precipitation has fallen over a large portion of the upper basin. This has led to excessive runoff into the reservoirs and into the unregulated streams below the system, particularly the James, Vermilion, and Big Sioux Rivers in eastern South Dakota. In response to these changing conditions, the Corps of Engineers has taken or will take the following actions. First, over this last weekend, we reduced system releases from Gavin's Point Dam from 70,000 cubic feet per second to 60,000 cubic feet per second. This was an attempt to reduce the peak stage between, two, between Sioux City and Omaha. Our models indicated that this reduction may prevent the flood from overtopping Interstate 29 north of Omaha. The plan is to hold the system released at 60,000 cubic feet per second for no more than three days. The, section, the second action is to gradually increase system releases from 60,000 cubic feet per second to 80,000 cubic feet per second. We presently have more than half the flood control storage to evacuate with just over 11 weeks left before we will have to reduce to our winter release rates. Based on present and forecasted, forecasted conditions, we will be holding the 80,000 cubic feet per second release for the next several weeks. I want to stress that the temporary reduction that we did over the weekend did not precipitate the in need to increase system releases. The increased system releases were going to be necessary to evacuate the flood control storage. We will continue to evaluate the conditions on the ground and make adjustments as necessary. That concludes my remarks. Thank you very much. I'll turn it over to Kevin Grody. Good morning. <clears throat> So our office conducted a mid-month update of the Upper Missouri River Basin runoff, which is the Missouri River above Sioux City, Iowa. Two weeks ago when we did our September 1 runoff forecast for 2019, it was 54.6 million acre feet. But due to the significant and widespread, widespread rains in uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, and Montana during the first two weeks, we have revised that upper basin runoff forecast to 58.8 million acre feet, which is more than two times average and just a couple million acre feet less than the record of 61.0 million acre feet observed in 2011. To provide some context regarding how significant and widespread the rain has been in the upper basin during the first half of September, consider the following. Mitchell, South Dakota received 7.6 inches of rain in the first two weeks of September. Mitchell's long-term average for the entire month of September is just under one inch. O'Neill, Nebraska received 5.2 inches. Its long-term average is also under an inch. Several hundred miles north in Williston, North Dakota, they received over six inches of rain when they normally receive an inch or so for the entire month. And further west in Culbertson, Montana, Montana, they received 4.8 inches when they normally receive less than half an inch during this month. We've also seen some unofficial two-day readings of more than 10 inches of rain for September 11th and 12th for various locations in eastern South Dakota, 9.5 inches in Brookings, 11.5 inches in Ward, which is close to Brookings, and 13.5 inches in Sherman which is just east of Sioux Falls. All of this rain falling on wet, saturated soils, which was caused by the av above average rains received in July and August, has resulted in most of that rain becoming direct runoff, 
filling up the tributaries, which then drain into the Missouri River upstream of the mainstream projects, but in the case of eastern South Dakota, into the James, Vermilion, and Big Sioux Rivers, which flow into the Missouri River downstream of Gavin's Point. We will continue to closely monitor stream flow conditions as some of these tributaries have not yet peaked. Our September runoff forecast for the upper basin is nearly 5 million acre feet, which far exceeds the long-term average of just over 1 million acre foot, and outpacing the previous record of 3.3 million acre feet, which was set in 2014. Given the current saturated soil conditions and the National Weather Service Climate Prediction Center's precipitation for this fall, which is indicating a slightly increased chance for above normal precipitation in most of the upper basin, our runoff forecast for the last three months of the year, so for October, November, and December, is about twice average. So in summary, our upper basin runoff forecast for 2019 is 58.8 million acre feet, more than 30 million acre feet, more than the long-term average of 25.3. And that concludes my talk, and I'll turn it over to Mike Swenson. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Uh, system storage is currently 65.1 million acre feet, an increase of about 0.2 million acre feet since last week. 9 million acre feet of the 16.3 million acre feet of total flood storage is occupied. Last Friday, we posted an updated short range or three week forecast to our website. As John mentioned, Gavin's Point releases are currently 60,000 CFS. The forecast shows Gavin's Point releases will be increased by 5,000 CFS each day starting Wednesday morning and reaching 80,000 CFS on Saturday. These releases are needed to manage reservoir levels and continue evacuating water from the reservoirs. The short-term forecast will be updated this afternoon with some minor adjustments to Oahe, Big Bend, and Fort Randall releases. Fort Randall Reservoir is at elevation 1363.0, up 3.6 feet during the last week. Releases from Fort Randall are currently 52,000. Releases will be stepped up about one day prior to the Gavin's Point release increases and four randal releases will reach approximately 75,000 CFS later this week. Hawaii Reservoir is at elevation 1615.3, about the same level as last week. The reservoir is 7.8 feet above the base of the annual flood control zone. Releases from Hawaii are currently about 49,000 CFS and will be increased to 57,000 CFS on Wednesday. At that time, releases will be reinitiated from the regulating tunnels. That 57,000 CFS release is about the same as it was uh, early last week. Releases from the regulating tunnels will be adjusted at the end of the month for an additional hydropower unit outage. Big Bend spillway releases were discontinued this morning to help manage the reservoir levels at Big Bend and also Fort Randall. Spillway releases will likely be reinitiated on Wednesday this week and then discontinued upon completion of power plant maintenance currently scheduled for Friday. Garrison Reservoir is at elevation 1846.7, down 0.4 feet since last week. The reservoir is 9.2 feet above the base of the annual flood control zone. Releases are forecasted to remain at 46,000 CFS through September. Spillway releases were adjusted today due to scheduled maintenance on one of the hydropower units. Fort Peck Reservoir is at elevation 2243.5, down 0.2 feet since last week. The reservoir is 9.5 feet above the base of the annual flood control zone. Releases from Fort Peck are expected to remain at 15,000 CFS through September. Spillway flows will be adjusted as necessary late this month during scheduled maintenance at the powerhouse. We will continue to monitor conditions in the basin and make any necessary release adjustments through the fall. That concludes my update. Thanks, Mike. And I'll turn it over to Eric Shoemate with Water Management in Kansas City District. All right, thanks, Eileen. Um, good morning, and I'll provide the update on our current reservoir conditions within the Kinsey District and water management decisions moving forward. 
Um, while we monitor all of our district reservoirs, our focus remains on the Kansas River Basin. On average, the four reservoirs in the lower Kansas Basin remain at 43% of their flood control storage occupied, with approximately 1.6 million acre-feet of stored flood water within the reservoir system. Uh, is the sound coming through okay, Eileen? It's kind of breaking up a little bit. You may want to turn the volume down. Okay, give us just a second. We're working it here. Okay, that's a little bit, that's actually a bit, almost too much softer. Okay, we'll give it a go here. Okay. On the 3rd of September, the Kansas City District received approval for a deviation in operation of the Kansas Basin Reservoirs. While the reservoirs are within 50% uh, of the respective flood control pool, target flow on the Missouri River at Waverly was increased to 140,000 from the ordinary 90,000 target in the water control manuals. Uh, the deviations to assist in emptying stored flood waters prior to icing conditions at the reservoir. Uh, this way we can ensure that we can uh, enter next year with full flood control capacity within the Kansas River Basin. It is expected that a full emptying of stored flood waters will take 90 to 100 days based on current basin conditions. Um, so for our current operations, due to last week's rainfalls that uh, Kevin Gurdy and Kevin Lau had documented earlier in the call uh, in the upper basin, We've begun reducing flows at Milford and Pell Creek already and will continue reducing flows over the next few days. As the Missouri River flow increase uh, approaches St. Joseph, we'll begin reducing flows then from Perry and Clinton reservoirs to ensure our releases remain below the Waverly target. Based on current river forecasts, we expect that the four lower Kansas Basin reservoirs will be reduced to either uh, just simply matching inflows to maintain their pool elevations, or they may have to go all the way to low flow releases by Thursday. That'll be totally dependent on the conditions on the Missouri River. Uh, once space again becomes available as the current uh, crest passes, uh, we'll resume Kansas uh, reservoir releases according to the approved deviation. While well, we expect the increased uh, scheduled releases from Gavin's to delay the emptying of stored flood waters in the Kansas Basin, we do still anticipate that the current deviation will allow the Kansas River Basin Reservoirs to empty their stored flood waters prior, prior to the end of the calendar year. Uh, that concludes my comments. Thank you, Eric, and I'll turn it over to Mike Doolin with Emergency Management Kansas City District. Mike, star six to unmute. How about now? We got it. All right, thank you. Good afternoon. I'm Mike Doolin, Emergency Manager for the Kansas City District. Our Emergency Operations Center remains activated at Level 2 partial activation. Uh, we will continue to operate at Level 2 until further notice. If at any time assistance is needed, <clears throat> please call our 24-hour emergency line at 816-426-6320. Again, that number is 816-426-6320. Leave your name, number, a short message, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. We continue to monitor the Missouri River after last week's torrential rainfall in the Dakotas. Based on National Weather Service forecast information, we anticipate the crest to reach Rulo, Nebraska this Saturday into Sunday and could peak at a stage around 22 feet. While no levees are expected to overtop, levees that were previously breached during the March flood event could see some floodwaters move back into the bottoms as the crest passes. We expect, the, we expect the crest will be most noticeable as it moves through northwest Missouri, particularly Holt County, uh, but Buchanan County and Platte County, Missouri will also notice a rise in the river as well. Uh, however, no major impacts to infrastructure are anticipated at this time. Uh, on to levy rehab. Request for levy re rehabilitation assistance remains unchanged since our last report and stands at 106 requests. This will result in approximately 67 levy rehabilitation projects after bundling multiple requests for segmented levy systems. We have submitted 48 project information reports to Northwestern Division for approval. 41 of those projects have been approved to date. Our survey teams have made great progress over the last couple of weeks on damage assessments, 
To date, they have completed 59 boots-on-the-ground damage assessments and should have only two or three levy systems left to inspect once field conditions allow. Construction on the emergency measure to close breaches on the Big Tarkia levy in Holt County, Missouri is moving along well. Last week, it was reported the effort was over 50% complete. Rock placement at the Mill Creek site is still being stalled due to inaccessibility related to flooding. And we have a plan in place to improve our accessibility to the site by raising Highway 111. Right now, we're currently working uh, through a contract modification and hope to begin raising the highway soon. As a final note, please be river aware as high water moves through over the weekend. While no major impacts are expected at this time, Flood water can always pose a threat to life safety, so please be safe and always pay attention to watches and warnings issued by the National Weather Service. Thank you. This concludes the district's remarks. Thanks, Mike. I will hand it over to Matt Kratzke, Emergency Management, Omaha District. Thanks, Eileen. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Great. Um, this is Matt Kratzke, the Readiness Branch Chief with the Army Corps of Engineers, Omaha District. Uh, the Omaha District DOC remains activated at Level 3 in an active watch status, focused on the rehab efforts within our area of operations and watching closely the river stages this week. To date, we have completed 12 initial breach closures uh, with 21 remaining. The Missouri River Levy Unit R616613 construction contract was awarded August 7th with a construction completion date of September 30. We continue close coordination with the levy sponsor, the Papua Missouri Natural Resources District, to make sure that the NRD's plan to raise the levy is not hindered by the rehabilitation process. Levy Unit L611614, a follow-on contract was awarded the 7th of September with work consisting of seating, crest repairs, and critical section loss repairs. This contract has a 120-day period of performance. The forecast at River Peaks this week is not expected to affect this repair area. Levy Unit L601, the emergency breach closure. Uh, we are completing the erosion control matting and riprap placement this week. The forecasted river stages will have some impact on the sand burn, but is not expected to have any impact on the constructed levee section. For Levy L575 interim repairs, the areas are receiving additional berm width and riverside face protection. These efforts are necessary for the final repairs and will reduce risk to the area with respect to the forecast stages. For Levy L594, a contract to close the breach on the tieback levy was just awarded this week. Work is expected to start shortly. For Levy L550, the A and B breach repairs, these areas are continuing to receive fill material, fill material excuse me, per the original breach closure plans and specifications. Additional measures are being added to provide additional freeboard to reduce risk to the repairs with respect to the forecast river stages. Finally, the Hamburg Ditch 6 levy, we remain on track to accept bids and award a construction contract by the end of this month. On the tributary project, there's no change in status from our last call on which we indicated four contracts awards are expected this month and one in early October. For regular updates on the repair efforts to flood control structures within the Omaha District, visit our system restoration page at www.nwo.usace.army.mil. Click on the red levy status updates icon on the left side of the page. Life safety continues to be our number one focus while undertaking the repair of the levee systems. We continue to work with federal, state, and local emergency management agencies to keep the public informed. This concludes my comments. Thank you. All right, thank you, Matt. We're gonna move to the question and answer session. You'll need to press star six to unmute your phone to ask your question. Be sure to state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. We'll start with congressional delegation members, tribes, state and local government officials, as well as emergency managers and levy sponsors. Then we'll move to the press. We'll go in or alphabetical order by state, starting with Iowa. Kansas. Again, star six to unmute to ask a question. State of Missouri. 
Yes, this is Carla Mart in Polk County, County okay. Commissioner. County Commissioner, and you said 11 weeks out, you keep the flow going. That takes us to the 1st of December. If, if it's not freezing and you can manage it, will you keep releasing some water? Carla, this is John Remus. Uh, the plan is to cut down releases. Our plan is to get, uh, get down to where we need to be for our winter uh, evacuation by the first part of December. If we do that, then we would not necessarily have to release uh, higher flows uh, coming out of Gavin's Point. Okay, I appreciate that. And if you guys see in the weather that you think you're going to have more moisture than usual, you know my opinion is that you you give us a little bit more room in that multiple purpose, the third tier down. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, any other um, state of Missouri, star six? Okay, Montana. Nebraska. George Perez, I care from the city of Omaha. Okay. Hi, I was curious if you could elaborate at all on how long the ADCFS uh, yeah, the the 80 from Gavin's Point will continue for the next several weeks. Are you talking three weeks, four weeks, five weeks? Do you have any idea on how many weeks? We don't have an exact estimate on that, but it would be well into October. Well into October. Thank you. That's helpful. Uh, I have another question, if I could. Um, Go ahead. The National Weather Service has 30.5 as the crest near September 20th, uh, and that takes into account um, 24 hours of rainfall, is that expected to go up at all with the recent mention of the, the, the Dakota rain that happened over the uh, last seven days? Kevin Lyle? Uh, yes. Um, are you talking to Sioux City? I'm sorry, which uh, which location? You know, I just had a, a scribbled, um, when you were discussing eastern Montana through the Dakotas, there was one and a half to two inches max over the seven-day forecast. Um, and I was wondering if that was included in any uh, in the 30 and a half peak projection that's currently on the website today. And I know the website says it's only 24 hours, but I didn't I didn't know if it, so or if there is predicted weather excuse me precipitation over the next seven days. Is that just going to bump that up then? Uh, it would probably come in after uh, the 30.5, so it might Got bump it. it up. But I do not believe at this time it would add to the crest. Perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Any other questions, State of Nebraska? Dean with Congressman Bacon's office. Yes. My apologies. <laughs> I came to the meeting late. When will the recording be available so that I can listen to it and uh, understand what you were speaking to? Dean, I'll get it out as quickly as I can. And will a link be provided? Yes. Thank you very much. Hello, this is Calvin Harlan with the Omaha Tribe yes. of Nebraska. Go ahead. Yeah, we're, we're, we're up here watching uh, Dakota Dunes in Iowa pretty close in South Dakota. Um, we're looking at the Big Two River as well, and it's over, it looks like it's over its bank. So how is that how going to affect our assets uh, 25, 27 miles down the river like Blackbird Bend? Are we looking at significant impacts? Are we looking at status quo right now? Uh, can anybody answer that question? Uh, sir, can you repeat your question? It was broken up a little bit. Okay. We, we the Omaha tribe here, are watching Dakota Dunes real closely up in South Dakota. We're also taking a look at the Big Sioux River. It's, it's over it's coming down. So we're expecting an event of some kind here. We're not really sure. We're looking out for our assets down the river there at uh, Blackbird Bend, um, Omaha Tribal Farmland that was affected last time. So we were wondering, should we expect major impact here? Should we should we sit back and watch? Is this status quo? Is this going to be a pass-through type of thing? What are we looking at exactly, or can anybody answer that question just yet? 
some of the levy repairs and that you had 40-something projects approved for repair. I was uh, wondering if you know at this point if the Capital View levy in Jefferson City is one of the projects that has been approved for repair. It, it has been, yes. Okay. Any timeline on when work will begin on that? Uh, no timeline just yet. I can tell you after the projects are approved, they enter what's called the engineering and design phase. That's where we complete the actual engineering specs. Um, so we'll get that done, and then we'll work through uh, real estate agreements and easement agreements with the levy district. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll also work out some cost share issues with the levy district. Uh, then we'll put that contract out on the street for bid. Uh, so that's the process, you know, uh, the engineering design phase is not supposed to exceed 60 days. So um, hopefully we'll have it rolling well before that. Before 60 days? Yeah, 60 days is, uh, is what's written in our regulation. So once we, once we enter the engineering and design phase, we have 60 days to complete it. Okay. Then, and, it, then uh, it goes onto the street for, for contract. Okay. Is there a cost estimate on that at this point? Uh, I cannot remember what it is off the top of my head, but, but yes, uh, we do have a cost estimate for that. I can look it up for you. If it won't take too long, I can always just go on the website or if, if that's if it's available there. Eric, you can, we'll follow up with that after we or Mike. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so moving on, any other questions, State of Missouri? Okay. Montana? Nebraska? Uh, this is Steve Lee at the Capitol Journal in Pierre, South Dakota. Can I ask a question? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, what's the goal to reach by winter, by early December? Uh, is it to get uh, the whole system down below the annual flood control and multiple use line, or what's the? <clears throat> yeah, the the goal is to get it down to approximately uh, a million acre feet left in the. Uh, um, Annual flood control zone. We can evacuate about a million acre feet over the winter time. So we, we they would not be completely empty on uh, when we start cranking the releases down. But uh, we would be within about a million acre feet because we can generally get a million acre feet under the ice. Okay. And I apologize for this uh, background question, but what's the problem in, in uh, keeping releases higher over the winter? Why can't you release more water over the winter? Uh, we're limited to how much water we can uh, run out of the large reservoirs in Montana, North Dakota, and South Dakota under the ice. Once the river freezes over, it really restricts our ability to evacuate water. Uh, the, yeah, go ahead and explain that. Is it the, the water freezing up in the rivers below the dams? or it's, uh, Basically, it, uh, it's like putting a, the water through a pipe, and uh, the pipe has a certain capacity. If we exceed that capacity, we will break the ice up and cause ice jams, and that uh, that causes flooding uh, during the winter or during the spring breakup, which is a worse situation than uh, than we would be in otherwise. Okay, ice jams in the reservoirs, in the river, in the river. Okay, okay. Anything else, Stephen? Uh, no, that's good. Thanks. Okay, great. Uh, any questions, any other questions, State of, uh, State of Nebraska? Hey, this is Nancy from the World Herald. Can you hear me? We got you. Go ahead, Nancy. Thank you. Hey, John, um, am I understanding you correctly that if we only get two times normal precip the final three months of the year, then you should be able to meet your target by early December? Hey, Nancy, this is Kevin Grody. <clears throat> So what I indicated um, was that the National Weather Service is indicating slightly above or increased chances for slightly above normal precipitation during the last three months of the year. With the uh, saturated soils that we have, what we're forecasting for runoff 
in those last three months of the year is about twice what we would normally receive in October, November, and December. That's all being factored into our reservoir studies uh, where John mentioned that the 80,000 is, you know, the, a likely Gavin's Point release well into October. If we continue seeing above average and sometimes much above average runoff uh, in October, November, December, then that's going to play into how long we stay at 80,000 or if we even have to increase or possibly be able to decrease. Uh, we simply don't know what kind of runoff we're going to be receiving, especially in October and November and December. Um, you know, Mother Nature has been very fickle these last few months. And, and that kind of, thank you, Kevin. That leads into my next question. It seems like Mother Nature's been fickle all year. Um, what are the things that could make this, besides simply more rain, uh, I think somebody mentioned freeze, what are the things that could make this not a good situation going forward, the things that we need to be paying attention to? Not allowing the, the soil. Right now the, the soil is very, very uh, saturated. It's just like a wet sponge up there in the upper basin. You know, if we can get some sunshine and get some wind, that'll dry out that soil a little bit, and then whatever rain we do receive, um, it will infiltrate into the soil. But if we continue seeing uh, very cloudy and, and conditions where it's constantly raining every day, then the, we won't see that evaporation that we normally see, uh, you know, during the fall months. Normally in the fall months, it's, it's dry, it's windy, um, we see dust, um, you know, we see brown grass, um, but we're not seeing that uh, these last couple of years during the fall months. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, I have a question for Matt Kraftke. Go ahead. Hey, Matt. Hey, hi, Matt. Hey, Matt, can you walk us through, um, and maybe just a little bit slowly so I can take good notes, the... Um, things that you guys are doing on which levees uh, to protect them against the rise in the, lev in the river this week, and um, maybe explain a little bit. Are you talking about adding sandbags to the top of the levee, or are you talking about putting down riprap, um, and then the areas that would be uh, protected by the uh, protections that you're taking? Does that make sense? Thank you. Sure, Nancy. So, um, on 611614, which is just south of Council Bluffs there, protects the Pacific Junction area um, and, and down into there. So we're, we're um, all we're doing there is continuing um, our repairs as we had planned previously because we don't expect the stages to affect that levy. Um, levy unit 601, which is just downstream of that, uh, that one is... We, we did an emergency closure on that one. That's the levee that's inactive. And so we placed a large sand berm and then built a sand levee on top of that. And part of the protection for the sand levee was um, erosion control matting and riprap. And we're finishing up that work. Um, and we don't expect, <clears throat> we don't expect that the, the increased stages this week to have any effect on that sand levy once we get the riprap and the erosion control matting. That should be ahead of the peak, so we should be good there. Um, on L575, the uh, I'm looking at my notes, so bear with me here a minute, Nancy. Sure, no problem. So the, the A and B breach is there. We're continuing with the construction that we had planned previously. Um, on the on the L575B in particular, which is uh, the Hamburg, the breach um, west of Hamburg, uh, we had to build, do a revetment repair there. And um, to stabilize that revetment, we've been placing sand, uh, pumping sand in the scour hole behind that revetment. Um, that revetment is protecting part of the work that we did, the sand berm that we placed on the levee. Um, so that the repair to the revetment should be completed this week, and that will stabilize that revetment, which will further um, help to protect the breach repair that we did. And on that breach repair, again, we're just continuing the repairs that we had planned previously, and we don't expect the high stages to have uh, 
a big impact on those. And then on the 550, um, the A breach, we don't expect that the high stages, it's far enough back from the river that we don't expect the high stages to have um, a big impact on that. But the B breach repair, um, we had just started those repairs a week or two ago because uh, we had some issues getting our equipment back in there and things. So um, we've restaged, moved some equipment down to the B breach repair um, so we can start getting more material. Just play, it, It's essentially placing more sand and just getting more mass um, to close up that breach and, and bring the sand pad up. We anticipate once we get that done, we'll have about two foot of freeboard with these higher stages. So um, we're taking steps as we go to increase the freeboard as necessary with these increased stages. We don't expect any significant impacts at this time. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's all I have, thank you. Thanks, Nancy. Any other questions, State of Nebraska? Yeah, hi, this is uh, Matt Olberting with the Journal Star in Lincoln. Um, since it wasn't mentioned here, I'm guessing that there's no worry or no concern that um, the higher stages, especially downstream, are going to cause any issues with water infiltration back into the areas around I-29 or Highway 2. I don't know if we have anyone online from Nebraska Department of Public Safety or Nebraska Department of Transportation. It would probably be more Iowa Department of Transportation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, again, state of Iowa, I don't know if they have anyone on the line. Yeah, that would really be a question for them um, with respect to road closures. Okay, got it. Any other questions, state of Nebraska? This is uh, Josh Funk with the Associated Press. Hey, Josh. Um, how concerned should people on the river be about uh, additional flooding in areas where the levees haven't been repaired yet? Matt, you want to take that one? Sure. Um, so there, there is, as we've mentioned on these calls, there there is increased risk um, behind the levees now, especially where the ones that have not been repaired yet. So, and and with the high stages. Um, that that risk goes up. So, um, at, so they, so the, I guess the short answer to your question is there there is increased increased risk without these higher stages where the levees are not repaired, um, and the higher stages does create an increased risk. Um, and then, as I mentioned at the at the end of my brief, life safety is paramount, and that's always the first thing we're concerned about. So, um, we continue to communicate with the state emergency management shops and with the county EMs as necessary to try to get the word out um, about the increased risk. Hey, this is... Uh, this is are monitoring closely for problems because of the breaches that are still there? Yes, we are. And we also have put together um, a number of surveillance teams to go out this week and, and do surveillance through this increased peak. Hey, this is, this is Colonel Hudson. Sorry, go ahead. It's Colonel Hudson here. Just to add on to what uh, Matt said, um, you will some of the outlet breaches in the systems with the high water may see some flow into them. So areas such as 601, that outlet breach at the tieback levee may see some elevated water levels as water flows instead of through from the riverside into the landward side, you also might see some of that on the southern end of the L575 levee system, uh, which is southwest of Hamburg, those outlet breaches. I'd also see some increased inflow as the river level goes up. Thanks, sir. Josh, did you have get your questions answered? Are those areas places that are going to potentially jeopardize uh, cities and uh, homes and whatnot, or is it more cases where it's uh, low land and farmland and uh, uh, more rural territory? Matt, can you identify uh, you know, the potentially affected levees and what's in those areas? Sure. So um, the levees that uh, 
Colonel Hudson mentioned with um, like levy unit 601, it's still wet behind that levy. So um, there will be no more increased population at risk there. The L575 levies are at um, Bartlett and Hamburg. And as I mentioned, so we're taking steps there to make sure that uh, we have protection in place to provide freeboard, and we have our surveillance teams out watching for that. So while we don't anticipate um, any uh, more damages to homes or communities, again, you know, life safety is paramount and, and risk is increased. So um, folks back behind those levees need to be cognizant of, of what the National Weather Service is putting out um, and, and uh, act accordingly. Thanks, Matt. Any other questions, State of Nebraska? All right, moving on to North Dakota. South Dakota. Yes, this is Tina Tizzi with the South Dakota Office of Emergency Management. Go ahead. A couple questions for you. You stated in Hawaii that the forecast is showing 61,000 increase. Approximately how much of that is going to be coming out of the tunnels because of maintenance and the stilling basin for the remaining amount? Uh, this is Mike Clinton. When they get to that release of 61,000, I believe they're going to have two units out, so that would give them roughly about 20,000 out of the outlet tunnels, and the rest will be out of the power plant. Okay, did you say 20 or 28,000? I, I believe 20. Okay. okay. And, and that, will be a short, that will be a short period while they have two of the hydropower units out, and when the one returns from service, then that, that release would drop from the outlet tunnels and return to the powerhouse. Okay, and then in follow-up to that, um, essentially in Oahe, we need to evacuate approximately 6 million acre-feet then by December 1st. So considering all other factors staying constant, what are we looking at um, forecast-wise to have to increase? Are we going to have to increase above the 61,000 in order to evacuate 6 million acre-feet approximately by December 1st? Uh, yeah, where uh, where are you getting the six million acre feet from? Sure. So you stated that you can evacuate about a million acre feet during the winter, and so we're right. about seven million above the base flood elevation. Well, we're actually about nine million system wide above the base flood elevation. Uh, that's not all in Oahe. Okay. Um, so. And I, I don't know, Mike, uh, what our studies show about going above 61. Uh, as Kevin and John mentioned, it's it's very dependent on, you know, the length of time that we stay on the 80,000, which is dependent on the runoff. But currently it shows roughly a 60 to 61,000 release uh, through the first part of November. Okay, and then decreasing from there if everything stays consistent and nothing changes? Uh, potentially, yes. Again, yeah, if we start to ramp down flows somewhere in there. Okay, thank you. That's all my questions. Thanks, Tina. Any additional questions, State of South Dakota? Wyoming? Any national press? Again, start six to unmute. Hey, this is Nancy again. I have one final question for John or for someone. Go ahead. Um, and, and this is not a criticism, but um, an attempt to understand um, what the downstream effects that you are trying to avoid. But why haven't uh, releases gone above 70,000 feet already this summer before this rain? The reason why we stayed on 70,000. Yes, uh, Nancy. The reason why we stayed on 70,000 is because the runoff forecast that we had indicated that we could evacuate the flood control storage by doing 70,000 uh, and then just extending that a few weeks each time we get a little bit more runoff 
But the, as Kevin mentioned, we have a, a, an extra 4.2 million acre feet uh, forecasted runoff just in the, in the first two weeks of September, uh, which uh, precipitated the uh, the increase to 80,000 just to evacuate that extra water. We had been evacuating, just to put in context, we had been evacuating fairly steady at about 100,000 acre feet a day from the system. And last week, we put about a half a million acre feet back in storage last week. So uh, we're going to have to increase 80,000 just to get it back on that curve. Right. But were you also, I mean, was it simply this is what the numbers show us, or was there a downstream impact that you were trying to avoid by going higher? Does that make sense? Well, we we don't uh, we we try to meter that out at the lowest possible release over the longest period of time uh, to uh, manage flood risk. Maybe I can explain it. This is Kevin. Maybe I can explain it a little bit differently that maybe gives some more context to it. On September one, we knew how much water we had to evacuate. Uh, to get it down to only having a million to evacuate over the winter time. We also had an estimate of how much inflow was gonna, we were gonna be seeing in September, October, November, uh, in order to get there. With this rain that we got in, in the, uh, first two weeks of September, that changed all of that. All of a sudden we have a lot more water that we have to evacuate and we have less time to do it. Uh, so that is why we're have now, where we started September with needing to release 70,000, we're now going into the end of September knowing we have we have to release 80,000 uh, because we have more water to evacuate over a shorter period of time now. Right, and 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 I'm and the question is maybe another way of asking the same question is what would have been the harm. To giving, you know, say you're going down to the same level no matter what, whether you do it over a longer period of time or a shorter period of time. Is was there any harm that you were trying to avoid by increasing releases faster earlier in the season, and then just giving yourself more time at the end of the season where you didn't need to increase them? Is there any? It, was it levee repairs, or was it farmland flooding in Missouri, or was there an actual harm you were trying to avoid? Does that make sense? I, I think, Nancy, it, it gets back to our, you know, we, we want to meter out the water at the lowest possible discharge rate over the longest period of time, um, knowing that uh, we had uh, some areas that were dropping below flood stage, we did not want to go above flood stage if we didn't have to. Uh, we also were very cognizant of uh, the levee repairs that the Omaha district was was doing, so we did not want to, uh, you know, put more water out there so you had a lot of we had more water in the river just in case there was a large rainstorm downstream. It's a basically a way of managing flood risk. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Nancy. All right. Any final questions before we adjourn? Steve Lee in Pier, South Dakota again. If I can, I, I missed the first few minutes of the thing. What's the latest projected runoff for the year for 2019? Has that changed since Friday? Yes, it did, Stephen. Um, we went from 54.6 on September 1 mm -hmm. to our mid-month uh, adjustment, 58.8. Mm -hmm. Million acre feet. Yeah, but you—that's the one you said on Friday, right? That hasn't changed over the weekend. It did not change over the weekend. Okay, it, and that's not—you're not thinking that's going to be in the next couple of days. You're not going to up that either. That's still the projected. That's up to Mother Nature. Well, certainly we hope not, but okay. um, you do make a very good point that we need to stay alert to changing conditions. Okay. No, I'm not saying that. I just was wondering what the latest number was. Yep. I just wanted to make sure I knew. Yep. So, it hasn't uh, changed since Friday. 58.8. Somehow I – yeah, okay. I, I characterize that as so the record isn't within reach, but that's maybe a fool. Yes, uh, the record 61.0. So we're only a couple million acre feet from breaking the record. Okay. Uh, thanks, Steve. Okay, thanks. All right, last call.
Hey, this is Mike Doolin in Kansas City again. Just to follow up on that Capital View question from earlier from the Jeff City News Tribune, I had a correction there. The Capital View project is uh, pending approval from Northwest Division. I expect approval this week, and that project will likely cost around $476,000. Thanks, Mike. Okay. Our next call is scheduled for Thursday, October 10th at 3 p.m. Central Time. We had 102 participants on today's call, and I'd like to thank you for your participation.